Welcome to the Health Code Podcast. I'm Sarah, otherwise known as Sarah's Day, and I'm a health and fitness YouTuber. And I'm Kurt, professional photographer and content creator, or also known as Sarah's Boyfriend. We're here to help you crack the code to a healthy and fit lifestyle. We're going to be talking all things health, fitness, relationship, lifestyle, and career. So it's time to grab your code books because we're about to spill some serious tips. Really? That sounds so bitchy. Welcome, sissies and brothers. We are about to have the best episode we've ever had in the history of the Health Code podcast. And the reason being is because Sezi, your gal, is here alone. Kurt has gone off to the gym. As you guys know, we decided to do these little things called potty nuggets. So it's where we separate ourselves. He can do a potty nugget, like a topic, whatever he wants to talk about. And then I'm going to do an episode on whatever I want to talk about. And I thought if you guys enjoy this episode, we could start like a series and I could do like one a month or something like that. And I want to call it something like Girl Chats with Sezi, like no boys allowed. And we just talk about all things TMI, aka too much information. So like periods and boys and just like all those little girly kind of chats that you have with your friends. Because honestly, guys, I'm an open book. I really don't care and I have no boundaries and I just don't really get embarrassed. So you can honestly ask me anything and I'm happy to answer. So on my own personal Instagram, Sarah's underscore day, also make sure you're following our health code podcast, Instagram, the.health code and then Kurtz is at KJ Tills. So that's all our Instagrams. But on my personal Instagram, I did an Insta story asking you guys what kind of topic you guys wanted me to talk about. And when I was reading through the answers, there were so many good ones. And I was like, yep, I'm going to do periods. No, 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 I'm going to do skin. No, I'm going to do boys. And I just couldn't decide. So pretty much what I've done is I've curated my favorite answers from my question. And this is just going to be like a no boys allowed sezzy girl talk chat where I answer some of the most frequently asked questions or just like questions I think are really fun and questions that I would want answered as like a teenager. And yeah, we're just going to sit and have a girly chat. I will also say, oh my gosh, it's been so long since I've sat here and done a podcast. But if you guys haven't been following my channel, like my YouTube channel or my Instagram, you may not be in the loop. And this new loop is the baby loop because I'm actually 17 weeks pregnant right now. I know. Plot twist. Drop the mic insane. You guys have to go over to my YouTube channel and watch all the videos about like how we found out, how I found out, how I told Kurt, how we told our families. Super, super insane. So in saying that, there's obviously loads of questions being asked about my pregnancy and how I'm feeling and just like random things to share with you guys. But I feel like I want to keep this one more like just a normal gal chat. And I will do a pregnancy potty nugget later on if you guys want that. So we'll see how this one goes. But there isn't really going to be any pregnancy questions in this. I'm just going to keep this one pretty broad so like everyone can kind of relate to it because I know there's only like 3% of you that are pregnant. So, you know, I'm just I'm just trying to cater to everyone here. So I want to start off with one of my favorite questions that was asked and it just brought back some great slash traumatic memories for me. And that question was, do you have any embarrassing boy moments? Yes. Yes, I do. I have a couple actually. So, oh my gosh, like I get sweaty and my heart begins to pound when I think about this story. Cause I, like I said, I am not an embarrassed 
person. Like I don't get easily embarrassed. So keep in mind, this was like back in year seven or something. So when I really cared about boys and I didn't really have a high self-esteem and I wasn't very confident and I was trying to make a new friends. I was like in a completely new school and like I was really into boys. Okay. Like I wasn't boy obsessed, but <laughs> I'm so weird. Literally since like year four, I would like look at boys in my class and be like, are you my husband? Are you my husband? I was so, even in preschool, I remember thinking like, this guy, like he's really good at playing Barbies with me. He like makes a really dope Play-Doh sculpture. Like he could be my husband. I don't know. I'm just like, I'm an old school, like fairy tale girl where I just like, I've always wanted like the Prince Charming and the baby. And yeah, you know, I'm just one of those gals. So anyway, in year seven, I really cared about boys and I was just like on the hunt for my baby daddy and my future husband. So I'm... (laughs) Okay, I remember standing in the playground and we had to wear hats on sport day. And so I was wearing this hat, like my sport hat, and I was like really into sport. I was like on these Oztag teams and like I went really hardcore in the athletics carnivals and stuff. I just like, yeah, I really, really love sport. And it's kind of, it was kind of a an opportunity for me to like show off to the boys. I was like coming first in my sprinting and I would make it to state and like I got to talk to the boys on the bus and it was just like we would bond over sport. I was a cool sporty girl. Well, I thought I was. So, oh no, sorry. We weren't in the playground. We were at an athletics carnival and I had my sport hat on and I had just like competed in something and I was like, yeah, killing it. Came first. Woo, look at me. So I just had like this ego going on and I was like having a little burst of confidence that I never normally had. And I remember there was this boy that I was so obsessed with in year seven. If any of my year seven friends are listening, you know who this boy was. He ended up leaving in like year eight and I was so distraught, but I was so obsessed with him and I would get so nervous and I would do this nervous thing where I would like wipe my nose because I was convinced I had snot in my nose. This isn't the embarrassing part, by the way. This is just a side note. I just, I remember whenever I would get nervous around boys, I would be like, (laughs) I would just be so nervous. There was like snot hanging out of my nose. So anyway, meanwhile, I'm, I'm probably standing there sniffing my nose, looking like a freak because I'm trying to get the snot, the non-existent snot out of my nostrils. And anyway, so I'm just standing there and talking to him being like, yeah, I just like ran 100 meters, came first, I'm going to state. And he goes, oh my goodness. I was like, what? And all his friends were behind him. And he goes, a bird just pooed on your head. <laughs> So I thought he was joking. So I like did like a playful like banter back and I was like, ha ha a bird just pooed on your head. How did you go in your race? And he was like, no, no, Sarah, like a bird, a bird just pooed on your head. And I was like, what? And then his friends turned around and they just started laughing and pointing at me. They were like, oh my gosh, a bird just shat on your head. I was like, my heart started to pound and I was like, I bet you they're just punking me. They're just joking. And then when I like touch my hat or I take off my hat, they're going to be like, oh, you fell for it. So I was like, oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. You guys are idiots. And they were like, no, Sarah, a bird literally pooed on your head. And the guy who liked, well, the guy who I liked, and apparently he liked me back. He was just like staring at me so awkwardly. And I was just staring back. And I remember just freezing. I didn't do anything. This is the worst part. I literally froze didn't take off my hat. I just stood there. The boys were laughing. And then the guy that I liked just like turned around and walked away. I, I just wanted to 
time. I remember going to the bathroom, looking in the mirror and there was bird poo all over my hat. I don't know if this sounds interesting or like climactic or traumatizing, but I will remember it forever as one of the most embarrassing things that ever happened to me. But I'm actually going to put a little cherry on top of this story because I have a second one. And this was another question asked. People were like, do you have any embarrassing period stories? Girl, I have so many, but I'm going to share with you my most embarrassing one. The one that really stuck in my heart and traumatized me for the rest of my life. So, (laughs) oh, I hate my life. So it was like my year 11 social. It was a really, really big deal. And everyone was like planning what they were wearing for weeks in advance and like booking in to get makeup done, booking in to get your hair done. It was like a really big deal. It was kind of like a school formal, but yeah, you're just not graduating to anything. So it was just like a little excuse to have a party. And ours was on a cruise and oh my gosh, so embarrassing. So we ended up getting this hotel room afterwards from me and a bunch of my friends. So all my girlfriends were staying in a room and then all the guys were staying in another room. And we were all in our room afterwards, just like chilling and like whatever after the cruise, because long story short, our cruise got canceled. Like it got turned back halfway through because one of the guys broke the door. So anyway, we were just like having our own little party in our hotel room and we all got changed out of our dresses. We were just like in our PJs and our chill clothes. And I remember my boyfriend's friend came up to me and he was like, Sarah, um, I think you have your period. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, yeah, check your pants. And I like turned around and there was blood all over my pajama pants. But like looking back now, I should have just been like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Like this is so embarrassing. You're such a good friend. He was so nice about it, but I was an idiot. I turned around and I laughed and I was like, no, it's red cruiser. If anyone knows what a cruiser is, it's pretty much like candied water. It's like an alcoholic beverage, like a pre-mixed drink. It's just like sugary. Ugh, it's disgusting, but it's kind of like creaming soda, you know, like pink soda. So there's literally blood all over the back of my pajamas and I'm like no it's cruiser so he's like um I I think it's your period and I was like no seriously it's cruiser and like oh I remember being so embarrassed and I didn't have a change of clothes and my friends didn't really either because they had their pajamas on Oh, it was so bad. So I just had to like pretend that I was like going to have another shower and I wrapped myself in a towel and it was just so embarrassing. I just, and it was like day two or day one. No, I thought my period was finished and it wasn't. So I didn't have anything on and it just uh, came back with a vengeance, I guess. Uh, So anyway, that's the nice little intro into this episode, two embarrassing boy moments. And I just kind of wanted to shrivel up and die and just put life on pause But I'm sure I have some more embarrassing ones. They're just like the two that always stick in my mind because I just, I was so young and I was just really embarrassed and I just wasn't confident in myself and my own body. So when those things happened to me, it was like the worst thing ever. So next question is a bit more, not serious, but like helpful to people. And it is how to lose belly fat. I get this question all of the time from people who follow my Instagram or my YouTube or even friends in my like everyday life. Now, we're going to start off with some negatives and then some positives. So negatives is, unfortunately, you can't spot reduce, which means you can't just say, okay, um, I hate my arms and I hate my love handles. 
I just want to get rid of them. You can't just work out your abs and get abs. It doesn't really happen like that. It's unfortunately, some people just hold on to fat in different areas of their body. So for me, I hold on to fat in my thighs and my arms. So if I'm going to gain weight, they're the first two areas you'll notice it. Whereas like my mom and my older sister, they hold it in their belly. They just always have skinny legs. I'm not advocating everyone has to like go out there and have abs or whatever, but if you are looking to reduce belly fat, if that is your focus, then you do have to decrease all around body fat, especially if you hold weight in your belly the most. So if you're going to put on three kilos and you first notice it in your belly, unfortunately, a lot of the time, majority of the time, that's the last place it's going to go from. So for me, when I got really lean, like too lean, My abs were so, so shredded, but my legs were still a little bit jiggly or like my arms were a little bit jiggly. I knew that that was going to be the last place I lost it. So in saying that, that's a negative, but there are some positives. So I do want to help you guys and not just like leave you hanging with that depressing answer. The way that I found I got a really flat stomach was integrating a lot of plyometrics and functional training into my routine, so a lot of full body workouts. So instead of just doing crunches, that's really just targeting those abdominals and you're building the muscle underneath the fat, particularly if you do have prominent fat on your belly, if that's what you're concerned about. I love to do really dynamic functional exercises that target the entire body and really promote fat burning. So things like sled runs and sprints and burpees and weighted squats, things where you have to activate your entire body. So engage your core, engage your legs, really open up and just tense everything. So my eBooks, I'm really not trying to self plug here, but really that's kind of what my eBooks are. I developed them because that's how I developed the abs of my dreams and the legs of my dreams. And just, I was really confident in my body. And you just want to have a routine that's nice and diverse where you're sculpting your body, you're sculpting your muscles, but also burning fat. I, in my experience with my body, if I just do weight bearing exercises, like weight training and resistance training, that's all great. I will sculpt my muscles, but I do hold on to fat. So I need to be doing some cardiovascular endurance kind of exercises and plyometrics and jump squats and jumping around and jump lunges to really burn the fat off my belly to show my abs through. So it's all great to do your sit-ups and you really sculpt your abs, but to see them, you need to get rid of the fat, unfortunately. So that's kind of my answer to that is obviously eating really clean, but I can do a whole nother podcast on that. I think we've done a podcast on how we got the abs of our dreams. Definitely go and listen to that episode because I go through all of the foods that help me get really defined abs and the foods that make me look really bloated and a bit more pudgy, even if I am quite lean. It's just like foods make me really bloated. The next question is, how do you stay motivated and what are your tips to get back on track? This honestly changes all of the time, depending on what stage of life I'm in. So I really love to be outside, particularly in the morning if I'm like really trying to G myself up to go on a morning walk before work or something like that. I think that's something that everyone can do if your schedule permits it. So if you're at work at like 7 a.m., probably not the best to be getting up and going on a walk at 5 a.m. Like I think it's probably better just to sleep a little bit. But if you start work at nine, I think you can totally get up and do like a morning workout or a morning walk. I just, for me, it puts me in a really good headspace. So my motivation to like get up in the morning and walk in the sunshine in summer, in winter, different story, is I just tell myself I know how happy I'm going to be when I come home and I know I'm going to like really thank my body and thank myself for doing that. 
So for me, I have loads of different motivational kind of tactics, but one of them is acting upon my dreams and then acting upon little goals of mine and seeing how I feel and remembering how I feel. So I know I have such a better day and just such a better life when I train in the morning. I come home, I'm just like so much more positive. I feel like I've been productive in the, even though I've just like sweat for 30 minutes. So every day I wake up and I remind myself, if I'm unmotivated, I'm like, no, Sarah, think how you felt yesterday. Think how good you felt and you were so productive and you were just happy when you were driving home from the gym. So I really try to use memory as a source of motivation. And I think a lot of people do that. Another source is music. I cannot train without music. And I will often like update my Spotify playlist. I have a toning playlist and a sweaty playlist. I think they're just under Sezzy Sounds, just yeah, on Spotify. So I just like to revamp that. And if I'm loving a song, I don't even care. Like I'll just put that one song on repeat. So I like my songs are so inconsistent like one week will be logic the next week will be Lil Wayne the next week will be Ariana Grande and then like I had a random spell of Taylor Swift I don't even like Taylor Swift music but like I was running to um are you ready for it I don't know I just really like to run to that so I think if you find a song that motivates you just put it on repeat seriously or like have three songs that you're just loving that day and repeat it because music to me is super super motivational and then Another thing that I've recently kind of discovered when I first got into the gym, I was motivated regardless because I was motivated by like having abs and being shredded and like being that gym girl. And then like after two years, let me tell you, that kind of wears off and you get really bored and like unmotivated, unstimulated, and it just gets stale. So nowadays I like to mix up my workouts again, like I said about my ebook Every workout is different. There's different structures and there's different programs. But I, every morning, I kind of just listen to my body and I say like, how am I feeling? How's my mood? What kind of music do I want to listen to? And I get motivated because I stay true to my feelings and my body. So like this morning, I woke up and I was feeling really chill. And I was like, I just want to listen to like Rufus or like chill flume stuff and do some stretches. So I just went and did some Pilates. If I was getting ready for the gym, knowing I was going to go do leg day, I would have been like, nah, I'm not going. I'm not going for a run. I can't be bothered. So I think every day, just mix it up and really assess how you feel. Because if you are going to force yourself to go to the gym and like smash out legs and cardio, but you're really just feeling like a bar Pilates session, then just do your own bar Pilates session at home. Okay, my next question is a topic that is very dear to my heart and pretty much the whole reason I started my YouTube channel and started this whole Sarah's Day thing and it's about acne. So I really think I wanna do a dedicated potty nugget, a little episode on acne because I am so passionate about it and you guys probably know I struggled with severe hormonal acne a few years ago, which is why I started my channel, but I do want to address just some like key points here and some key questions, but if you guys are interested, please let me know because I would love to do a dedicated video on acne, how I healed mine, and just like random tips and tricks to deal with your acne. So here um, a girl has asked, how did you heal your acne? Give us the tips and tricks, basically. So I'm going to go through the main things that I think helped me. This is a very, very broad, quick list. And I, like I said, I could go in depth for hours. But the first thing I did was go to my naturopath and get herbs. And I wish I could just sit here and say, oh, just eat this, eat this, put this in your skin and you're done. I really wish I could say that. 
but honestly, my skin was so bad and I needed something more intense than just fresh food and water and topical treatments. So I did like a full blood test. We looked at my hormones, which is the first thing, especially if it's hormonal acne, I think it's really important. Even if you don't think it's hormonal acne, I think it's good to go and get a blood test and a saliva test to look at your hormones and see what's going on. So for me, back in the day when I first got this done, my testosterone was like through the roof. I remember doing a video about it and my testosterone levels were higher than a normal, like an average teenage boy. So everything was out of whack. So it was good because it gave my naturopath a starting point. So I always think it's good if you go to any kind of alternate healthcare professional, if you go there with reports and like blood tests and things like that. So they have a starting point because at the start, they're kind of just jabbing in the dark. If they have no blood test to go off, they're like, hmm, maybe your estrogen's high. Maybe your testosterone's low. So it was good that I could get all of those reports done and bring it to him. And he's like, okay, cool. We have a starting point. So he gave me like this herb tonic. It was like a liquid herb tonic. And I don't know what was in it, but it was basically just like a bunch of Chinese herbs and I had to take it morning and night. It tasted disgusting, but he warned me. He's like, just keep in mind, hormones are really delicate aspects of the body and they take a long time to balance. So he was like, just give yourself at least four months. And for me, it took me three to four months to see the results of the herbs working on my skin. And saying that now it's like, yeah, whatever, three to four months. But back then when I was really really self-conscious, almost depressed. I, I didn't want to go to school. I would cry every day. It was, I've done videos about it. You guys know it was really affecting every aspect of my life. Three to four months to work sounded like an eternity to me, but it is honestly the best thing I ever did. And I got a lot of questions and I didn't know the answer back then, but I got a lot of questions while I was on the herb tonic. People saying, do you have to have this forever? Do you have to have this morning and night forever? If you stop having it, will your hormones go back to normal, like back to their unbalanced ways? I had no idea. And then one day I went off them. I think I ran out or something or my skin was really good. And I was like, I'm just going to stop taking it now and see if my hormones are balanced. And they were. So yeah, I was probably on it for like two or three years. I was on it for a really long time and they weren't cheap. I'm not, I'm going to be honest. It wasn't cheap, but, um, best thing I ever did. I was already spending hundreds of dollars in like the health food store and on like crazy diets and like pills and supplements to try to fix my skin. So yeah, I was trying everything. Second to that, my naturopath also told me to increase my healthy fats, but specific healthy fats. So I thought I was eating a really healthy diet and, you know, my skin should be thriving off what I was eating. And I wrote a food diary for him and he was basically like, oh my gosh, you're eating no healthy fats. You guys know now I'm like the queen of healthy fats. Everything I eat is a healthy fat. But back then I was pretty much having nothing. I was just like having fruit and my protein and whatever. And now I'm just like, literally obsessed with healthy fats. So I love hemp seeds, flaxseed oil, flax seeds, walnuts. Walnuts are great for the brain. Salmon, cod liver oil, if you can stomach it, just like shot it back like a supplement. I do love coconut oil. I know that's like a touchy subject. I can go into that later, but I love it. Um, did I say avocado? I'm going to say it again, avocado. So yeah, healthy fats in pretty much all of my meals is essential for me keeping glowing skin and really supple, nice quality skin. But I have done loads of posts and like Instagram pictures and videos on this before. So just like scroll through my feed and you'll find something. 
Also vitamins, that was kind of in conjunction with the herbs that my naturopath gave me. So I wasn't on normal vitamins. I wasn't just on like vitamin C and vitamin E. I was on a lot of like Chinese herbal supplements and they have always changed. So every single year we will like either reassess my body or reassess how I'm going and he would give me a different kind of supplement combo and then by the end like after doing that for like four years or so I just pretty much wasn't on anything like anything alternate I was just kind of like maintaining my lifestyle but to get my skin good and to clear my hormonal acne I was on a lot of Chinese herbs not a lot but I'm just saying like that was my main supplementation was like these specific Chinese herbs and the liquid form herbs. But I highly, highly recommend finding a really good naturopath that either has been recommended to you by a friend or you know people who have gone to them before or a good acupuncturist or a Chinese herbalist or a Chinese doctor, just anyone. I've, I went to like six before I found my guy, my OG. I also have an acupuncturist as well. And then obviously little things like drinking loads of water and using healthy products and using natural products. I went through that stage of using like proactive and stuff and it just dried my skin out so much. It bleached it. And what happens if you use these really harsh products on your skin, it strips all of the natural oils from your skin. So then your skin wants to reproduce and create more oil to try to compensate for that drying effect and then you're going to get pimples. So I was using proactive. My skin felt like cracky. It was so dry. I couldn't even smile. And then I'd wake up the next day and it would be super oily because my skin was like, oh my gosh, her skin is so dry. We need to send more oil. So it was just like, it's just a losing battle. It was the worst. So nowadays I use just natural products that suit my skin. And in terms of acne scars, a lot of people ask me about that. And the hardest thing to do is even while you are breaking out is to not stop putting a serum on or like your moisturizer. And I know when your skin feels really oily and gross and congested, you don't feel like putting an oil on. I totally get that. But for me, maintaining a solid serum and moisturizing routine has saved me from acne scars. I pretty much have none at all. And that's probably one of my most frequently asked questions about acne scars because you guys have seen my before photo. It was pretty intense, but um, yeah, I just kept doing serums and kept doing moisturizers. And my mom would always tell me, you know, keep moisturizing, keep your skin supple, keep it fresh and keep it dewy and hydrated because one day when your, when your acne is gone, you don't want to have scars. So yeah, for me, it was just like serums and oil blends. And I think that a different oil blend works on everyone's skin. So for me, like if I just use jojoba oil, I break out. If I just use hemp oil, I break out. Rosehip oil, break out. Coconut oil, break out. I need to buy like a specific blend and not all blends work. So I've tried like, I don't know, like 20 different oils in my life, maybe even more. And there's only like three that I like. So just take everyone's opinion with what products they like with a grain of salt, because everyone's skin is different and will react differently. So just find what works for you. And then obviously my last thing would be cutting out foods that are inflammatory to my body and just didn't respond well to me. So I know a lot of girls who have like dairy and sugar and gluten and they have glowing skin. That's totally fine for them. But for me, my body is so sensitive to food. And if something is wrong, it comes out in my skin first. So the three things, well, the four things, I guess, that really irritate my skin and make me break out and make my acne worse is number one, dairy. It really congests me. So that's where I'm like lots of blackheads and like little pimples everywhere and around my jawline. Gluten, 
Oh my gosh, that was more just like blocking me up. So I had a really toxic digestive system and bowel. So all my toxins were coming out of my skin. Number three was sugar. Oh, even now, like now that I'm pregnant, I'm just craving sugar. If I have too much sugar, I get all of these little bumps on my forehead and I know my liver's out. I need to address my liver and start cleansing. It's just like not a good time. And then number four, this is one that a lot of people don't know about is inflammatory foods, even the healthy inflammatory foods. So like hot foods. So things like cinnamon, mango, and tomato and eggplants, kind of the things on like the FODMAP diet. I still eat those things, but I get a rash on the right side of my face. And now that I'm pregnant, I have perioral dermatitis, which I think has also stemmed from those foods. So a lot of nightshade foods and hot foods, like I know you don't you don't think of mango as a hot food, but in like the Chinese medicine philosophy, it's a hot food. So foods like that really irritate my skin. So if you've tried like dairy and gluten and cutting out sugar and everything else, and you don't know what else to do, maybe try to look into like a FODMAP or an anti-inflammatory diet. So eating loads of turmeric and acai berries and acai berry powder and fresh leafy greens and loads of water, maybe that could help you. Well, guys, I think I'm going to wrap up the questions there just because this is my first potty nugget. I don't know if you guys are like bored of my own voice already, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, please let me know because I would love to do these on a regular basis. And like I said, these are the chats that I really wanted in high school. And I had a really hard high school life and there were only a few girls who I felt like I could talk to about these kind of topics, about like periods and boys and skin and digestion and just everything without being judged. So I just want to be that sister and that friend to you guys who can speak really openly, really honestly and raw about these kind of topics that pretty much affect every girl. So I hope this has helped you in some way or entertained you or you just enjoyed listening to it. Let me know and then we can discuss some future topics for my next potty nugget if there is one. Make sure you follow the dot health code on Instagram and also my personal Instagram, Sarah's underscore day and my normal co-host, aka my boyfriend and my baby daddy, KJ Tills. And then let me know if you want me to do a pregnancy Q&A because that would be super fun. So much has changed. Well, like my life is kind of the same, but I've just modified a lot and my food has changed. Like, oh girl, my cravings, my cravings. I'll tell you about it later. Anyway, talk to you guys in the next potty. Bye.